This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. Unbelievable. Free shipping, free meals by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. Today's episode is also brought to you by Harry's Razors. Stop overpaying for your razors. For just $15, get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, three razor blades. Visit harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first order. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one, Joey. Nice. Oh, it's going down for real. Jay Spencer in the house. He's got the right hand moving up and down. He is back. Bad Christian Podcast. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Bad Christian Podcast. Matt. Toby and Joey, if you're new and you're seeing us on this video or YouTube, welcome. We figure here's the way I figure it: YouTube spent and Facebook spend billions of dollars developing algorithms to give people good content. And shame on us if we're not putting this podcast on there. So we've got video, we've got a YouTube channel, and that's where we want everybody to go subscribe. So everybody go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's new, it's fresh, it's awesome, it's going to be a thing. And then Facebook, thank you for putting this in a bunch of people's feeds who probably don't understand what we do, but it's like alternative Christian real talk, I guess, is, is what it is. So one other additional announcement is my other podcast, Break It Down, is back, season four. It's also a video uh, and TV show, and it's got a YouTube as well. So if since I hadn't put out episodes in a little while while I was on break, you might need to go check your feed, resubscribe. You know, sometimes it'll turn your feed off if you don't get an episode for a while. So go back, check that, and there we go. So podcast today, what do we got to talk about, guys? Y'all know? We're going to have Jared Wilson <sighs> on in a little bit, so that'll be Oh, fun. yeah. yeah he's, oh, he's that's going to be fun. Buddy. Well, mm-hmm. I got I got two things, guys. One, I went to, after the podcast last week, last Friday, I went to the infectious disease doctor and found out some stuff about my uh, possible disease, but also... Still found out nothing. Basically, <laughs> I basically I don't have Rocky Mountain spotted fever. But here's what's really weird. I didn't know about this. Something I learned today. Uh, Matt, I think you'll think it's interesting. Joey, you might as well. So at some point in my life, I think I got bit by a tick that was carrying Rocky Mountain spotted fever. It could have been mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago. And, uh, but my body was able to fight it off or whatever. But mm-hmm. the proteins, uh, antibodies and proteins that your body builds up or makes to fight it off, stay with you forever. So it showed up in my bloodstream as Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, right? Ah. But but the infectious disease doctor said everything about mine didn't seem that way. So I'm sitting there, and basically he was like, yeah, it looks like, I mean, just take antihistamines, you know, and, you know, Claritin and, and Benadryl, and you'll be, and I was like, no, you don't understand. I mean, I, I, I had all the bumps back on my arms, arms covered wow. in bumps again. I was itching like crazy. I was like, sir, I said, please. I mean, the only thing that's worked so far is steroid. I said, can you at least give me, this is what's funny about me. I sat there and I was like, he did not want to do it. And I just realized, I'm, I'm realizing more and more when you say things, it might not be the right way. I, I probably say things the wrong way, but there must be some kind of truth of or r- reality <laughs> in it that makes people it work. Like maybe even with Jared Wilson, like we're going to talk to him a little bit. Like the, like the stuff I said about Jared, 
it did affect him. Now, and, what, and, and to, we'll get to that later, but you, right. we criticized Jared Wilson and his look and his image, and you did a rant against this celebrity-looking pastor right. guy a long time ago for people that missed yes. that episode. It was a waste back. And then right. it turned, led to something good. We had a situation right. where it, you got uh, in a fight this week with a no. real famous person that we were trying to get an interview with, and it wasn't going to happen <laughs> until you got in a fight with him, and now it did happen. We'll talk more about that another time, but uh, that's Maybe. another example, Maybe isn't we'll it? keep that on the DL, but yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, the thing that's frustrating to me is, like, it was really funny. Like, th- th- this stuff, like, I-, I just pressured the doctor. I was like, listen, I, I mean, I've been taking Benadryl. So I said, can't you at least, can I get some steroids? I mean, I need that. If I at least get a steroid, that'll make these bumps go away. It controls the itch until I now have to go to a, probably a dermatologist. They're doing another blood test, but I'll most likely... My, they don't know. I might be, I'm, I'm either alert, I'm most likely allergic to something and I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's really crazy, but it's really funny because I had this thought this week of, of all these times that happen where I say things in an intense way yeah. or a pushy way or whatever, and it ends up working out usually for the other person too. Like my goal is never, I wasn't, my goal wasn't to screw the doctor. I was being honest. My goal wasn't to screw Jared Wilson. I was just being honest in the most maybe dumb way, like ignorant, yeah. bullish way. And I, what's really funny about that, like the way I, like the way I talked about Jared and then we talked about on the podcast and we're cool and he's cool and everything. But, uh, it's funny because do I thank God for that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Lord, I, Lord, thank you for using me as a tool. <laughs> like I was thinking like, that's really crazy. Hey, the, like the atomic can you, can bombs, the atomic bombs killed a bunch of people in Japan, but it ended the war, you know? Well, I mean, same it, sort of thing. Well, I think it's a uh, the, maybe a hair different. It's a hair different, <laughs> but it, it's a, it's mixing things up, and and that's like a, I'm not like you in that regard. But when I'm trying to get my way or yeah. manipulate or handle a person or a situation or maneuver, that what I always try to do is throw the situation off balance and right. and and make them. I want to get the situation into unexpected territory so they don't really know, and then I can usually go from there. So to yeah. throw off a customer service representative or somebody you're negotiating with with something that they were not expecting tends to work, and you use a different tactic. It's usually something more obnoxious, but nonetheless, right. it, you cause something to happen well, that wouldn't, that wasn't, yeah. that, you know, that, that you, you don't, it doesn't hurt to ask. And when you bring something out and right. mix, stir up the pot, unexpected or different outcomes than are predictable right. often follow, and that well, works really well for you. Well, well, here's what I'm saying, though. I Even know, if you're a jerk. <laughs> right. It's not, it isn't the best way. There has to be another way. It is surprising, though, that like with my doctor, for example, I just was like, I'm just not going to stop. I mean, I just, I know I've been itching for six weeks and at least, at least give me a break for one week, you know, give me some steroids. So I was just like, I'm not going to stop. And so <laughs> that, that just ends up happening anyway. So that's still a little bit depressing that I'm like, you know, using all kinds of lotion on my skin and I'm it's just, now this is the funniest thing. My neighbors must think I'm super crazy. I'm weirded out that I might be allergic to something in the yard, uh-huh. but my grass, I have to cut my grass. I live in a nice neighborhood and I, I hate, I, I'm friends with my guy neighbors and I just, I want to impress them too. It's, I know it's so stupid, but I just want my grass. So I wear long sleeves and jeans and a hat covering my face and I mow the lawn. I look like just a crazy person. Like, you must. I mean, it, it's hot outside and I'm wearing full body outfit. So anyway, all right. So the second thing is I went back to church again. and to last the same I, one you went to or you yep, go to a new yep. one? Nope, I went to the same one again, and we w- we wanted to try to get. Like I said last time, it was so interesting, and the 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 lady that spoke was so good. And here's one thing I found out: she is uh she is the worship leader. So uh, once again, I probably maybe overreact a little bit. She probably is a little bit more right brained, emotional, and her sermon probably was ended up being about you know it. 
this week's sermon was completely different. So much so that literally, y'all know me, I'm burned out with church and the pastor that preached this Sunday, he just, it was so awesome. The whole sermon, it, it was so refreshing to me to use my brain and to hear somebody that is way smarter than me and just talk to me as an adult and a person that can handle things. Like I, I, like I, reali- I realize so often we go to church and the church thinks that you can't handle anything. You, you can't handle that. What if evolution was true? You're, you're too, uh, you, you'll lose it. You'll be gone. And he made some really good points uh, just about, and his background was so similar to mine. Grew up in a very small Arkansas charismatic church. Women didn't cut their hair, wear jewelry. Didn't Women weren't allowed to wear pants. I grew up in that same type of church. Like the church I went to, women weren't supposed to wear makeup or jewelry. My parents didn't have wedding rings. I mean, it was out there. And this guy just was talking about himself, and he wasn't talking about me. He said I'm, he, he opened up different parts of the Bible. He used great quotes. He said all this stuff. And basically his whole sermon was about that we've been told for the longest time that our brain is, is you know, could be used as a tool for the devil, right? Like mm-hmm. your brain, man, it's just going to get you. It's going to, you know, you start using that. And, and I mean, he just said, some, I wrote down some stuff that just has stuck with me the entire week. I just wanted to read you guys a, a few things. That Encouragement I just it, corner from Toby. I like it. Yeah, this is a positive, yeah. not jerk segment for you. Toby. Exactly. I like it. 100%. <laughs> but the, the thing, okay. So he's talking about a, a bunch of different stuff, but, and, and he used a lot of quotes, one that just stuck with me. And I think it, it, it is this idea. And I'd never heard this quote before. It's from Oliver Wendell Holmes. But I've questioned this now probably for the last maybe even 10 years of, can I go back? Like, sometimes I'm scared to move forward because my past in Christianity is so rigid that where I'm at now, thinking possibly openly and thoughtfully, seems scary. Like, oh, I'm getting too far away from God. And Oliver Wendell Holmes said, "Um, the mind once exposed to an original idea cannot shrink to its original size. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, man, wait a minute. Okay, that thought made me feel so good. He, he said a bunch of things, and I don't even know who said this. Well, other, but like, you know, Pastor Joey Svensson once said, once you have lap band surgery and lose all that weight, your skin is still going to be stretched out. Oh, I remember You that. know what I mean? It's a really yeah. similar quote. Oh, yeah. I'm, Pastor Joey Svensson has yeah. better quotes than this guy, for sure. I mean, that, yeah. nobody can quote like <laughs> hey, Pastor hey, Joey people, Svensson. People follow me on Twitter. They know. They know. <laughs> I mean, that anyway. skin's still going to be there. I, I know what Oliver Wendell Holmes was talking about. I get it. Right. Um, anyway, so he, he said a bunch of stuff, but like, I just, it, I, I won't get into all of it, but basically it was so nice to go, wait a minute, your brain and your soul can be connected and it's not dangerous to use them both. It's not, you don't have to fear science. You don't have to fear questioning the creator of all and trying to find an answer because that is truly wrestling with God. Like when I, when I left, all I could think about was Jacob wrestling God and that imagery of, wait a minute, God wrestled Jacob too. Like he didn't, like Jacob, that, that whole fight, it, I believe it most likely just to be kind of a story and imagery and, and, and just kind of, a, uh, you know, telling you something that, of God's nature and his character. But the idea of that, like, why would it be, and he, and he said this, and I thought it was, it was really interesting. Why would theology be something that was just totally fixed so long ago Mm -hmm. that there is no room for changing. There is no room for adapting or growing or who we are and experiencing this life as now. And not to say that any of that, you know, theology or orthodoxy and stuff is all in, in and of itself bad or not even good. A lot of it is good, maybe even most of it. But the thing I'm saying is why, why are we holding so strict to not realizing and using our brains now and not fearing what we might find, but 
trusting that we'll always find God. Yeah. Right? Definitely. We're, we're, we're searching well, let, for let, God. Let me tell you the obstacle for a lot of people because it was the same obstacle for me too. I I learned very, very late in the game what you just said like two months ago. <laughs> and like the the problem that I had was I couldn't I couldn't search for God and figure things out freely because of a fear of hell. Like hell, I really believe hell is the game changer because when you're thinking, okay, wait a second, what if as I'm seeking and I'm unsure about God and I don't know exactly what all this means while I'm seeking, I die and I never genuinely accepted Mm -hmm. the gospel. I mean, for some people and how they're wired up, that's a terrifying thing. And their default is to be like, well, that's, that's probably going to happen. Or there's a tiny, tiny, tiny chance it's going to happen. It's probably not, but that tiny chance just blows your mind. You're like, there's a chance I could burn in hell forever as I'm not believing. So for some people, they're they're not free to seek. Well, that's exactly what he said. He said, and this is just like I had, and and I encourage you guys to read Joey's book because I, this quote that, that he said, Joey reminds me so much of me reading your book and, and just, it said he had a pathological sense of a disappointed God. That yeah. God was always disappointed, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, that sounds just like me." That that is so crazy. That 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 you would always like. And, and then the other thing, like you were saying with hell, this is what I thought was really interesting. In the absence of logical thought, you can only use fear and intimidation. If you're not going to use logical, thoughtful, careful brain use, then all the things that you have is what we see, which is the abuses. Uh-huh and the wrongs of Christianity or evangelicals, whatever it is, if you can't use your brain and not trying to use your brain and just be maybe a hair open, then you turn to fear and intimidation because that's your only tactic. And then you, then you just like me, was held over my head. You're going to hell. You're not good. You're bad. You're awful. You will burn in hell. And then so I had that same fear too. Yeah, but I mean, these fears are not unwarranted for people that read the Bible. I mean, you've got Ananias and Sapphira; they kept some money and were struck down dead. <laughs> True, you've got point. Lot's wife that turned freaking around and she got turned into a pillar of salt. So it just kind of depends on. I mean, and and then we read that God is slow to anger, but it it can get kind of confusing. That's for people. true, but you had to look at more of the New Testament examples or the disciples, and like you didn't ever get the sense like if Peter messed up again, he was out, right? Yeah, but Anna- like if Thomas questioned again, is he done? I mean, maybe you know. I don't really think you feel that way about that when when you're encountered with Jesus as much, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And then, and then I would also say that that is that that's what I'm saying. It almost feels like either that that could be an exception to the rule, the outlier yeah, or or the other thing is, too. Once again, it really limits to all we see is what Ananias and Sophias did here. Like We don't know the yeah. rest of the story. They might be in heaven right now just partying like crazy. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, or, they're, they're, or- yeah, or there could have been something way more significant going on in their hearts that true did not surface. Right. And also, I'm okay with God doing what God wants to do and me not having full knowledge of it because I trust that God, if if all this mm-hmm. is here, that he's loving and just so that those things are just and right, even when it affects me. You know what I mean? Like maybe God cast me down with some kind of rash that I'm going to live with the rest of my life. I pray for that's this, not true. But, for this uh, questioning yeah. you keep doing of him and for right. keep going yeah. to these weird churches. <laughs> that, that would be awesome <laughs> if I proved God who God is and everything because we this podcast and my disease. Every time Toby questions his, his faith, his rash flares up unreal. <laughs> but, but I will say this again. Once again, it was just so awesome going to a church 
so many gay folks were there, and it was so welcoming and friendly and nice, and it really did feel like a church mm-hmm. where you could come as you are. And, and I thought about something when we talked about this. Um, one of you guys asked me last week, like, what do you actually think about the gay thing? And, and, and I realized something this week, just the thought of, should we spend our time saying that we're right about something? Yeah. Like, like for example, so, so I could be, I, there's, a, there's a chance that I'm right, that, that, okay, not even me. Let's say, let's say this. I'm not even going to say where I stand on the issue. There's a chance that somebody believes that homosexuality is a sin and they're right. And then there's a chance that somebody believes that homosexuality is not a sin and they are right, right? Both of them have a chance. We, there is no proof that homosexuality is a sin. Some people say it's in the Bible for sure. You can argue that for days and years and the rest of your life. That's why people are arguing it right now. But my point would be, would I, do I really want to spend my time? I obviously lean to what I believe to be true is more right. Do I want to spend my time arguing that right as opposed to letting people come as they are and just letting god deal with it right totally i had a similar thought today it's like what's the obsession with getting it all the way right down to the pixel like right the the amount is the point of diminishing returns there like what is the obsession with certainty of we have to get it all the way sorted out because you know through all of history we've done that like certainly with everything right. justifying wars or slavery or conquering these people or how it happens in this culture in the year 1000, you know, great effort has always been spent to figure out how does this reconcile with the Bible and what is right and what is wrong. And we've got to get it figured out. And even then, when we get it figured out or have a team, still we turn out wrong historically a lot. Right. So yeah, why, my- why, the necess- why the necessity to get it all the way down? So it's like you told him to talk, talk about something like anything, weed. Okay, why do you have to even get it worked all the way out till we're 100% sure? And you're probably going to be, you might be wrong anyway. Time might. Right. So and and why would my goal be trying to get you to stop something that I I don't know for sure? Like, I I just don't know. I can't believe that I would, I'd want to spend my time. Of course, I think I'm right, but uh, about the things that I think I'm right about. Of course, I'm going to lean that way on on my understanding. Yeah. But I just, I thought it was so, it's so dumb to think of, Saying, well, you know what? This person can come here, but they can't serve or whatever. I was like, this is yeah, the stupidest it, thing yeah, in the world. It's like saying how many drinks is okay. What is drunkenness? Is it 0.068? Right. It doesn't necessarily get to that granular right. and, uh, and resolution. And you know for you. Yeah. So why not know for you? And yeah. that's okay. And when somebody asks you what you think about you, you can answer. You but I don't understand what this, this proselytizing of don't do that. Yeah. Like That's just the dumbest thing in the world because we all have something. We're, bo- we're all right or wrong. That's the thing that is craziest. The, the, the biggest problem in the world is we all want to be right, but we're all wrong, too. We're mm-hmm. right and wrong about a lot of stuff. And no matter the worst jerk in the whole world, worst borough church is right about some stuff. Yep. A lot of shit they get wrong, but there's some stuff that if they weren't so shitty could help the world and be better. But sure. we're never going to get past it because they're trying to proselytize how right they are and wrong everybody else is. It's just a joke. Yeah, the all or nothing thing's anyway. bad. What's interesting about what you— learned at church this week is or the way that you experience it is like as a really respect for your mind to me that right. that's really really attractive and that's something that i criticize totally. a lot and i've been really thinking about that a lot so i'm glad you brought it up i didn't know you were but it kind of dovetails into what i was been thinking about but to really respect the person that you're talking to that's a big deal and and i think that's when when that fails to happen you really are in trouble and i realize that um there's a bunch of problems with communication and art and entertainment. Some of them have to do with that. But like, for instance, like I want to talk about how, this is what I want to talk about, how Jesus Christ was not welcomed or understood in his hometown, right? 
Right. Well, neither is my friend Toby Morrell understood with his podcast, <laughs> Unstoppable Badass, for, for those people that feel like they know him really well Great. from listening to this show or the people that know him from, you know, his family life or whatever it would be. It's hilarious <laughs> to see people reacting to that. I just love it. And I really think, you know, it's super, super, I admire very much that you're going to say the crazy stuff and do the stuff on there that they're just not, I mean, so many people aren't going to get. Like this is right. my favorite thing because I, I feel like it's respectful to the audience and the craft and the art, good or bad. You're willing to, that's brave, and you're willing to say what you think and do what you want to do. But here's the problem, and this is what we run in this podcast, and I've had some experience with it this week. It's supposed to be funny. Right. But that doesn't mean it's not art. That doesn't mean it's not entertainment. That doesn't mean it's not real. That doesn't mean it's not important and should be taken seriously. But if you're a goofball like Toby or me, or you talk about stuff, real stuff and real people, it's going to get weird. It just is going to get weird. There's just no way around it. So I went, I went home last weekend to be with uh, my family. We had my final grandparents' funeral. I've talked about all three of them on this podcast. Every time I've had a grandparent die, three this year, I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? That, you know. Right. Anyway, I'm sitting at a Mexican restaurant with my parents, and my mom brings up, Hey, Emmy, don't you remember when Mimi was this and she was on that medication and this happened and that happened? I was like, well, that's weird to bring that up. And Emmy's like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. And she goes, because didn't that happen? And she starts just saying all this stuff. <laughs> and then mom was like, see, Matt, I did. And, and so apparently I had talked about my mom having run-ins with doctors and taking my grandma off medicine when oh, she yeah, got yeah, better yeah. and stuff like that, which I've talked yeah. about. And you know my mom. Yeah. My mom is you, crazy. And she no, does but you th- said it in a positive light. Like, Mimi did get better. That's what I thought, too. Now, right. here, let me tell you what my mom heard. My mom heard me say on the podcast that she killed Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only assume I said such a thing disrespectfully to my mom as a joke. <laughs> right. That I said she killed my grandma is what my mom heard oh, me say. Oh, my Lord. So, and I was like, I'm sure I didn't say that. I'm sure I made fun of her to some degree and said she thinks this about doctors. And But turns out she's right. And I'm a lot like my mom. And she, I think she was right about a lot of stuff. And that particular thing, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Right. That's what I told her. I said, I don't remember, Mom. But go listen to it. Maybe I misspoke, but I don't see how you could get that from it. But well, then. Let's, let's, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I got a bunch, but go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so Matt doesn't even write this email, but he signs off on it. Some, you know, we had a writer write it and it's basically about my book. It talks about the crazy things in my head. And then, you know, specifically my irrational fear of my penis is growth being stunted. I get an email from a very close family member. No, they text me. And they say, Joey, we just received an email from Matt saying very disturbing things about you. Do you know he's emailing this stuff about <laughs> like, you? Like Matt personally so, was just writing people so that I you know. Like I, was, like, I was trying to yeah. get you. Right, yeah. right. I responded. To slander you just right. with the email list. Yeah. So I responded, and, and I, I seriously was oblivious to what they're talking about. I said, hey, send it to me. It's probably spam because I'm just like, Matt. No, no, no. I said, I think, Matt's, I, I think Matt's email got hacked because I was just like, no way. Matt's sending crap about me right. to other people. And so they send me the email, and I was like, It was no. what me and you worked on. I was like, to send. that's what we're sending to everybody for, to get people to buy the book. Well, and then, that's, and then crick, right. crickets. That's another good example. But let me, let me tell you a few more. So then we go to the after thing. So I'm at the church where I grew up, which I've talked about the church I grew up in a bunch. And this, you know, my whole, you know, being a child and everything in this church. So I see a lady I hadn't seen in 20 years. 
named Karen, and she's in charge of the food for the funeral <laughs> of my grandma. And she says, Matt, you're uh, on a ketogenic diet, right? So I got a pot roast, and I said, my mom told you I, uh, that I do keto. I'm, I'm eating whatever. My mom told you I was eating keto. She goes, no, I heard it on the podcast. I was like, great. <laughs> so I just can't believe that. And then um, this is my favorite one is we were, it was quiet in the car. We were on the way down to the thing. Nobody said anything for a minute. And my dad said, Matt, I said, uh, I didn't watch all of it. Your mom was watching it. But I saw that video that Toby made that with video. those pictures behind him of all those men. And I don't understand why he would do that. And if you don't know what he's talking about, Toby made, I'll let you describe it. What is that? I just did one of our songs and I thought it'd be really awesome to have just pictures of unbelievably well-built, just ripped men in underwear and then mix that in with giant fat men. (laughs) I thought it was awesome. I loved it. (laughs) Right. And you did a serious song and then did that over. And that's the kind of stuff that I love the most because it's, it's just interesting and it's brave. And so I got in a philosophical conversation with my dad and he's like, yeah, but I mean, he said, why would you do that? I said, well, it's funny. It's a form of expression. It really, I mean, I'm just making it up. I can only take from what I took. I didn't know you were going to do it. I just saw it on the internet too, but I really love it because it was making people think or wonder, like you have this thing about, I do these super serious songs mixed with that funny background. And how's that supposed to make somebody feel? I love that. I think it's important, but my dad points out clearly but don't you think a lot of people are just going to think he's gay? <laughs> you know, I said, well, honestly, I was a lot more worried that people would think he would was, was you know, homophobic or making fun of gay people by putting, you know what I mean? Like, overshare, yeah. you know, something okay, like that. Yeah. I don't really think anybody's going to think he is gay because that's just too on the nose or whatever. Right. And but he was, you know, I said, I, you know, I don't I don't know. But he, he doesn't get it. I mean, I don't <laughs> expect him to get it. But and I said, well, think about it. That Facebook post got reached by hundred and something thousand people. And a good amount of them saw it or watched the video. There's, if you did anything for that amount of people, you can only know for sure that a certain amount of them are going to draw exact. Some people did draw that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Out of a hundred thousand people, were there not 10 or 97 people that thought, Oh, is he, what's, is he some kind of weird pervert or what is this? Yeah. Yeah. And then some people thought, Oh, you shouldn't use that imagery. You know, you know, for a fact that people had all kinds of opinions, good and bad about what you did. And you didn't explain it, and you just did it, and I think yeah. it was great. And, you know, I just I think the whole, the whole thing is just super weird. So it's really funny though that you say that because I just always think people will get it. And now that you're saying this, I'm realizing, wait a minute, maybe I am way out there, right? But if you made a joke with your foursome on the golf course, and they don't right. get it, it doesn't matter because they know you in a way, right? And it, if they don't, you know, it it doesn't. You wouldn't ever do anything that would make one of those four people think something super yeah. mad bad about you. Because it would yeah. actually affect you. But this doesn't affect you, and you have the wherewithal to know that. And then overall, you get to move forward yeah, and push boundaries and explore new things and do stuff that's important. But it's because of your bravery and your risk that you do it. And that brings me right. to my point that I don't think people understand art, entertainment, and comedy and their actual importance unless, and I'm at risk of sounding like this now, unless you're pretentious or take yourself too seriously. Because, yes, it sounds like we're goofing off. Yes, I'm talking about my parents. Yes, I'm saying things that could be embarrassing or whatever or looking for a laugh here and there. Yeah. But I do think it's important. And we don't say that often. It's, it's kind of a hard sell. But it's like uh, 
if you're the rock star and you're like, I take my craft and my art, and you do every interview and you're like, and, it's, and you just take yourself pretentiously, then everybody goes, yeah, I mean, he's an artist. That's like really important to him, his screenplay or his art or his music. But I don't take that attitude because I don't like that attitude. But I feel like I'd get a lot more respect if we took everything more serious and we're pretentious about the creations that we're making. And I think people yeah. say if something's entertainment or art, it's like, or art, they kind of understand. But by the time it gets into entertainment and certainly comedy, people go, well, that's stupid. You're just stupid. It doesn't matter. Like you don't, yeah. you know, and so that I think it's really confusing, but I don't think that works. Like if you think about it, like the, especially the closer you are to it, like my parents, of course, they're not going to get it because they're right. so close to me. They're generationally different. They're worldview yeah. different and they're close to me. So I think, the people closest to you are the least likely to get it or the most likely. It's almost like a gravitational distortion field or something. Like they have to yeah. perceive it a little bit weirder because they, it's, too, it's not for them and they're just too wrapped up in who you are and what you may have said and what it means about them. And they just can't see it that clearly. But think about it. I wish my parents didn't listen to the podcast. I know they're listening right now, but I wish <laughs> they weren't. But I don't think they should. I'm glad my <laughs> wife doesn't. But, the, you know, think about Jim Gaffigan. I mean, that that... I hate that guy because he hates his kids. He always talks shit about them. And I think he has some real mental illness when it comes to food. You know what I mean? Jim, you got some real problems. What a jerk asshole, right? Right. No, of course not. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, you can see how people would make that mistake, but it's weird. It's just not for the people closest to. I was thinking about, would you want to watch your wife? It's not because you would hide it from her, but would you want to watch her get surgery every week? Right. Like, yeah, you could watch it, but would it would do you want to watch your dad get a colonoscopy every week? Well, here's what's so interesting about all this is you never asked your parents to listen to the podcast, but because of social mm -hmm. media, it's almost impossible to do things for the a wider audience without people that you don't want to pay attention to pay attention. I mean no, I understand, but I'm just advising them and other people out there. Do you want to watch your aunt have a bone saw go into her arm and pull the uh skin back on her face while they're doing the surgery yeah. on it. You don't, you just don't need to see it. You're not going to, it's, you know, you could watch that on TLC for somebody else, but you don't want to watch your loved one there. It's just, you're maybe too close to it kind of thing. But, and it, there's all kind of weird boundaries when you get in art entertainment. Like think about when people die, it's like, Oh, publish their journal. <laughs> I yeah. think that's so weird. Like <laughs> right. their diary. Awesome. And what are they, I mean, they just, you know, you get the guy's diary if he was famous and you just put it out there. But if, I mean, he probably said, right. yeah, and then he got a hand job under the bleachers or whatever. He didn't want that. And, but it's in his diary. So he died and he was famous right. or, I don't, it's, it's a lot of weird lines there, but I think people have a real hard time kind of understanding it. You know what I mean? I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Especially like, okay. Like with, with unstoppable badass, I think one thing, maybe communication, I probably should have maybe said more clearly that it is comedy, that I am writing comedy, but take that video that you said. You know how much less work it would have been and for my art and my craft if I just played the right. song. It'd be I easier. But I spent a lot of extra time finding pictures of half-naked, <laughs> well-built men and posting them and getting it right and making it look as good as I could. And it still wasn't even that great. But I'm saying, and I worked on the song for a long time too. Like all of it, I really did think I'm going to do something here that won't just be the normal old thing. I'm not going to just stand here with a microphone and go sing this song. And I, I actually feel like that is me not respecting people's minds. Right. Like, why would I just give them the thing that I can do? I can just shit right. out. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that's not what I'm trying to do. Like I, I want to do something and, and I want to push the boundaries. I, I was actually listening. I'm trying to do some editing on some of my podcasts and I was listening today and I'm laughing out loud, but I really had to question today. Some of the upcoming 
bits that I'm doing are pushing the I'm limit so far. It. <laughs> it, is, it is like, I was like, should, can I say this? What I'm doing is, can I say it? And I, I we'll, we'll just see. But the, the reason I do that is because I actually respect the people a lot. Like, I want you to go, wait a minute. This took a long time to do. So let me just think about what he's trying to do. That's what I thought the pastor this week was mm-hmm. saying. Hold on. You, you got a brain. Everything is just force fed. It's beautiful. Like the TV now is HD with unreal colors, and the 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 comedy is just bam, 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 right here. And it's all just in your face. And and like for us to take a minute and go, wait a minute, I'm a human. I have a brain, and I want to just think about something for a minute before I react. Uh, you know, and I and I'm I'm talking to myself here too. It's very easy for me to react to things. And, and that's something I've been working on for a long time and maybe getting a little better at, but still sometimes slow mm-hmm. for well, sure. The last thing I want to say is I thank all the people that do create stuff that do stuff close. Like I could not talk about my parents, sure, but I'm going to, and I'm going to get that figured out one way or the other, but it's worth it because really good stuff comes out. If everybody was careful, right. you wouldn't have a lot of good stuff. Kramer on Seinfeld is a real person. His name isn't Kramer, but it's another guy they know. And of course he knows who he is. I mean, you know what I mean? And that, that whole Kramer right. character skewers this guy that Jerry and Larry David knew. Right. I'm glad we all appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? Right. I mean, think about every biography ever written. If it if, you, if it was all cleaned up, wh- right. what's the point of You wouldn't want it. I mean, that's just the way right. it goes. I mean, your lyrics that you write about brokenhearted stuff, those are real girls. It was Jen yeah. in Seattle. The Fractions was about, I know these girls. I know the stories. Right. They're real. You know, and and right. that's where good stuff comes from. So so it's not like, well, you got to just do the easy thing. It, it's not as good. Yeah, it's not it's not as good. And I don't want to sound pretentious, but you got to really do real stuff that's hard and be brave if yeah. you want to do anything. So I will say, I will say in our family members' defense, they probably don't understand right. that when they see an email from Matt Carter, Absolutely. they think that literally was from Matt Carter. Not that that's how we do our emails and the name says Matt Carter and it's a massive, right. they don't understand. They don't, they just never experienced that. Matt said, I'm, I'm writing Joey's family member. Right? He, they need to know about this. I got a, I've got a, I've got a long list of calls to make this weekend. Cause Joey's got a book coming out. <laughs> hey, so, so Matt doesn't want his parents to listen to his podcast, but I actually had my dad on my podcast so he could break his silence about the penis story. Oh my so gosh. Well, that's Virgil's a good sport getting, there. I can't wait to hear that. That oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah, Virgil did a good job. <laughs> that is rad. That's really rad. All right, we moving on to our guest? Yeah, we need to take a break. Hey, guys, I want to tell you once again about one of our favorite sponsors, Blue Apron. We love this company, and not only are they a great company to sponsor uh, the BC Pod, but we love what they do. Um, it's pretty cool. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And that is the truth. What a great statement. They make great cooking accessible, incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, including a numbskull like me. It's really cool to have something like Blue Apron because I can just manage my meals and how I want to eat and what I want to eat uh, very easily. It is just so Cool. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. And that highest uh, standards of ingredients is totally true. Probably the best vegetables I've ever had. I can't believe it when the box arrives at your house and everything's frozen. They have this. It's just packaged so amazingly. I, I love the technology behind it that food can come chilled and frozen to my house. And uh, then 
just to be able to cook it so easily and have all the vegetables. It is awesome. Let me tell you a couple of little facts here. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. and 99.5% of food desserts because... Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe. They are reducing food waste. That's a huge thing for us. I hate it when our kids don't eat or we have all this leftovers because we made too much and we didn't know what to do. Blue Apron takes everything out of it. And also, it's really cool to cook with your family. That's what I think is so neat about this. Our kids are there. They get to see the cool cars, the, the presentation of the recipe, all the vegetables, all the meats, all the ingredients, all the spices. It's just so cool. It's crazy that those who spend a lot eating out at a, you know, or maybe going to like a high-end grocery, which we like to go to too, but it's just so much money, you can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Let me tell you a couple meals that, that you can get just in September. Paprika spiced shrimp and cheddar grits with tomato and sweet corn. I love cheddar grits. Uh, eggplant and chickpea tangine with islander pepper, tomato, and couscous. I'm just telling you. I cannot make these meals on my own. But with Blue Apron, you come to my house and you eat this meal, you're going to go, damn, Toby can cook his tail off. It's pretty crazy. All right, so here's what I want to do. Let me say it again. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, and you know this too, when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. So let me tell you this. Check out this week's menu and get the first, your first, three meals free with free shipping. Let me say it again. Three meals free with free shipping. Who else is giving you three free meals? By going to blueapron.com slash badchristian, you will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian. All right, guys, tell you what. I just, as you know, just on a trip, and I did not pack my Harry's razor when I went, which is a mistake. And and let me, but it re, it did help me reinforce and understand something that I can now bring again to our listeners who you're crazy if you don't have Harry's. Here's why. I went to, I was going to a memorial service for my grandma and my dad says, well, you got to shave, son. I said, well, I didn't bring a razor. He said, well, I got one. I got a brand new one. He gives me a major brand, brand new razor from upstairs. The thing sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was not good. I was like, oh, this is what shaving is like for other people that don't use Harry's. And Ugh. not only that, I now know what to get my dad as a present next yeah. time he's a present because his razors suck and Harry's razors do not. So, lessons get your dad Harry's razors, get anybody Harry's razors as a gift, use them yourself, and don't forget them when you travel. Well, your yeah. dad's your dad's razors didn't have a softer flex hinge for a more comfortable did glide. Didn't have a trimmer blade for hard to reach places. Certainly doesn't have a lubricating strip. No, nope. and sure as hell doesn't have a textured handle for more control when it's wet. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he's paying more money than what you're paying for Absolutely. Harry's. So I mean, we're still talking just two dollars per blade compared to four dollars or more you'll pay at the drugstore. And uh, I mean, these are these are, uh, uh, you know, Harry's owns factories in Germany where they make the blades. Harry's produces high quality razors themselves, and then they sell them online for half the price 
of of what you're paying. So Toby, give them the code and the offers and all that. You got you got to take advantage of this. Yep, we've partnered with Harry's to give you five dollars off your first purchase with promo code BCPod. That's Harry's.com. Type in the code BCPod. And re- hey, real quick, this is a special offer for our listeners that we're there's a starter kit and it's an oh, amazing yeah. deal. You get a weighted razor handle of your choice, moisturizing shave cream, three precision engineered five blade cartridges, and a travel cover, all for fifteen bucks. That's limited time. There's a special this is a special offer for fans of our show. Uh don't pass it up. Amazing deal. If you're just now joining us, uh here on Jared Wilson's page. Welcome. You might think it's a little bit weird, but uh, <laughs> Matt, Toby, and Joey here. Thank you guys. And Jared, thank, thank you, you for letting us be on your Facebook yeah. page. This is great. Of course, man. I'm excited to have you guys. Should be good exposure for us. We uh, what? We'll try to not say anything real nasty or dirty to your to your audience. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd appreciate that. That's cool. <laughs> but this is uh, this is the Bad Christian Podcast. If you're if you're new, if you've not heard of it, Toby, Joey, and I talk about Christianity and alternative from a, maybe a slightly alternative uh, point of view and try to be authentic and real. And somebody that we've uh, really enjoyed getting to know and observing, even at a distance for some time, is is Jared Wilson here. So thank you for having us on our page. Uh, our first interaction we ever had with you was. We were just kind of was, were creeping on you on Twitter and Facebook, <laughs> trolling and, and trolling You're you. Trolling yeah, we me, were man. just straight trolling you for being uh, well, a, a real put together kind of person, and that brushed yeah. up our initial encounter. I, I'd like to know how your take is on that. And, and well, let's let's not forget this was all started with Toby's disorder. Toby has a disorder by uh, finding people in the ministry on Facebook that he does not like, and he's. <laughs> He watches their every move, and then he calls Matt and I and complains about it. Do so, I, I, is that is that the definition of trolling? Like, I do look up, like, pastors and prominent Christians, and I watch them. I think them. that's trolling. That is that's trolling. trolling. Okay. Right. okay. Right. <laughs> right. And so, so Toby, Toby talked about this Jared Wilson and just went off. And then yeah, some, of, some of Jared Wilson's uh, followers alerted him to it instantly yeah right yeah. and so so jared uh <laughs> tweeted us and said hey looks like we're we're bound to have a discussion soon on your yep. podcast and, and i was excited sure, to do sure it enough, oh, we yeah. made it happen. yeah i was pumped to do it yeah i got a lot of texts that night or like hey man you got to check out this podcast that you were talking about. i'm like i'm like are you sure it was me and they're like yeah and I'm like, wait, what did I do? They're like, just listen to it. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> well, so we, yeah, take, we had take, a good convo, and I really did enjoy it. Yeah. And then when we were at Audio Feed recently, um, yeah, you know, it sounds like we we're more on the same page now. And I'm I'm really, I mean, I, it's been interesting to see you over over time. But how was your experience with running in with us that first time, and what's been going on since? No, it was good. You know, we talked a little bit at Audio Feed, and I think over the progression of I don't know, maybe it was, it was about two years since we first started talking, but the progression of about four years, I feel like, and I don't say this lightly, I mean, like, God really has wrecked my heart and do my life in, in a lot of <laughs> a lot of big ways. Um, some of those things being, um, like, within the last, within the last year and a half, uh, my parents ended up splitting up, uh, there was some alcohol stuff involved. There was some rehab stuff involved in my family and my uncle, uh, took his own life. So there, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in this last year that I had to really process and kind of, you know, dig through as like a human being and an adult and an adult. Mm -hmm. And the other side of it was, I think just, you know, when we first started talking, you know, I'd only been married for, you know, maybe a little more than, or maybe 
six months, eight months, something like that. And so the progression of where my life is now, you know, I've been married for almost four years now. We have a 16 month old son. So I've become a dad. I've got another son on the way in December. And so I think with those experiences, you know, you can, you don't, there's a lot of ignorance that comes with not experiencing life. And I think uh, that showed a lot through kind of the way I portrayed myself. A lot of it had to do with the fact that the leaders I had above me growing up were like, you got to portray this image and look this way, be this person for people. Slow down you know, on you, that. What What is that that you were, tell me a bit more about that, what message you were getting from the who you say were leaders and authority of you growing up. The idea of when you drive down the freeway and you see pastor and his wife on a billboard, like you need to be that. And no one would actually say you need to be that. But it was this, man, don't let people know about your flaws. You need to be the person that people can rely on. And if you show them that like you're hurting or maybe you don't have things together, they're not going to trust you. And so, I mean, mind you, all of this was my decision. I mean, I had a choice to listen to the wisdom, but a lot lot of it had to do with me being naive and going, well, if I want to make it in the world of ministry, right. then make I need it to in the world of ministry. Be, exactly. Yeah. How sad is that? So, yeah. w- would you say, Jared, I, just you saying that, I, yeah. I still like, I know we hear it all the time, but I, I cannot believe that. Like, I yeah. cannot believe someone taught you that as, as proper, w- as a proper way of carrying yourself. I, and I don't think it was on purpose. Right. I mean, I don't think it was right. intentionally, right. this is what you have to do, but it was. It was don't show these things because if you do, you might not make it. And there's a saying that uh, is stuck in my head for a long time. And it says, and the person said to me, you only get one shot in ministry. Don't screw it up. And so it was this like, dude, I I have to live up to this this idea, this persona of perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, And man, I think a lot of that exuded itself through blog posts and the way I portrayed myself. And, you know, I think we had talked before, you know, I was, I still am, you know, one of my kind of biggest struggles is like insecurities and worrying about what people think about me. And so there was this like yearning to make sure that I was living up to what other people wanted me to be Mm -hmm. um, and trying to live up to what those people said others wanted me to be. So when you, uh, when you were on our podcast, this may sound like a weird question, but how, how authentic were you on our podcast two years ago. You know, what's funny is during that time is when I was getting out of, you guys were kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back in a good way. It was, I had a lot of people, you know, say certain things about the way I would write something. I just had a lot of nasty comments on blog posts, you know, just like, oh, this is clickbait. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> and, and, uh, I'm like, you got me. Hey, we've been there. And, uh, even though the even though the content that. was real, you know, it, it it was still very clickbaity. And so you guys were kind of like that straw that broke the camel's back. And as much as I didn't like to hear some of the stuff I was that you guys were saying, a lot of it was like, man, like I really am trying to be something that's not me. And I've kind of thrown away a lot of my own convictions to grab hold of these things that I'm supposed to obtain. Cause like I said, if you know, if I need to make it in ministry, I need to look like this and teach like this. And I don't know. And so a lot of conversations with my wife too, we were just like, man, this is, we, this is not us, you know? And so you guys were definitely like that straw that broke the camel's back. Um, so you were was, on the road. Would you say to like, you, you were like, I want to be celebrity pastor. Big, I, like what people my, refer to as that. That was, that was what your, your goal I was like, that. I want to be the guy who is, who is speaking at the top conferences. Yeah. And I'm the guy mm-hmm. who is and not that the idea of 
or the yearning to be like, man, I would one day love to speak to an audience of that many people before and share my heart with them. That itself isn't a bad thing. But the way that I was programmed to view that thing as like the end goal, Mm -hmm. that's what really kind of screwed me up. And it took me a while. Like I said, it took me some kind of family tragedies. It took me some... um, you know, so leaps of faith, living out away from my family, stepping out with my wife and I, moving to different states and really being by ourselves and learning what life is as a married couple and doing ministry, um, you know, in different aspects that, you know, that's what really kind of formed me and molded me into, I guess, who I am today. And this is a, an even more real, authentic version of who I am. And I can be happy well, about that. And I would say it's it's fair to say that you were legitimately heading in that direction. I mean, and potentially getting to that level that you had in your mind, but you would definitely say that you have more peace or happiness or whatever, having been through what you went through to get to where you are right now. I mean, wouldn't you say, but let's, let's kiss that goodbye. Let's say you're never going to be, you know, at that level of popularity. You're a lot happier, aren't you? Man, I told my wife this yesterday, and we can get into this a little bit down the road. I told my wife, I said, we currently live in, you know, in Franklin, where I think one of you just moved out here. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, yeah and, and I love it, and I'm sure you do too. It's, I mean, as far as like living here, raising a family, have, you know, all those things, it's just an incredible place. And so I told my wife, and I, I keep joking about this, I'm like, man, you can create my gravestone right now and just let it say, you know, husband, father, you know, I write, I speak every once in a while. And then I run this nonprofit, which we'll get to talk to in a Mm -hmm. minute. And I'm good. I'm good. Let me, let me be able to buy our first home. And not that I'm, you know, bargaining with God, but (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I would love to buy my first home. I would love to have a cool backyard for my son to run around with. I want to help people. If that includes me speaking at four engagements a year or 400, I'm fine with that. If that includes this, you know, my next book deal being my last book deal, that's fine too. And I can honestly say that there is yearnings within my heart that every once in a while I will scroll through Facebook or scroll through Instagram or Twitter and I see somebody doing something and I go, oh man, I, I, you know, I should do that. And my wife is incredible at kind of harnessing me back to reality and like, listen, no, you, you know, you don't want to do that because that's not you. That's not the person God's created you to be. And that's not, that's not that's not going to bring us joy in life. That's not going to bring us joy in our marriage or in, in the ministry God has for us. And so, um, yeah, man, it, it's been, it's cool. And I keep saying that, you know, create my gravestone now, dude, I'm ready. <laughs> I, I, I think it's really neat. And I'll, I'll even say this. I, I already, you seem more loose and, uh, oh, yeah. I guess just free. Maybe that's the right word. And, and here's the thing. <laughs> what I believe is this might be the migration that, you, like you're a part of the beginning of the migration of because uh, all those all these people that we talk about that speak at the big events and are doing all these things, it they have to know the level of unreal that they are with people. Like they're they're not being completely themselves, and they like you said, you have to be a character. Like the, I think the thing that draw okay, uh, just a, a brief little thing here. I have always been fascinated by like TBN and that blue hair and the way people would talk about God. There there was always some kind of like showmanship to it. And I, and so now that translated as I got older to when I see pastors or, you know, famous Christians acting a certain way or being a certain way, I go, wait, man, I'd love to see the real them. And I, and I, and I guess kind of what I'm saying is it, you might, that, it, that 
stuff isn't over. You're right. In and of itself, speaking to a bunch of people isn't bad. Preaching the word isn't bad. Having being a pastor, uh, you know, speaking at conferences, doing all those things in and of itself yeah. isn't bad. But now it seems like you have a whole new vision of if that happens, you might be Jared. You know what I mean? You might be really yeah. Jared. You're not uh, trying to get something or get the applause or whatever. You're being yourself, just like an audio feed. I thought it was really neat, just being honest about where you are with stuff. Yeah. yeah. One one of the things I did I wanted to do at audio feed is because. You know, it's so funny. I, I had taken myself out of that, I guess, crowd of people for such a long time I, because I was so focused on church stuff that, you know, I didn't, I never, I stopped going to places like Warp Tour and some of these things that I always loved doing when I was younger. And I'm like, man, what's stopping me from doing those things now? And so when I got to Audio Feed, it was kind of like this hey, dude, do you remember why you got into ministry in the first place? And it was like, you got into ministry in the first place because you wanted to reach people like this, the people that you knew, the guy in the suit and the tie and wasn't going to reach. Like, mm-hmm. that's why you got into this whole thing in the first place. And so um, I didn't I didn't plan on it. But when I got up there, I was like, you know what? Because I had like this, you know, this message all planned out on my iPad um, the day before. And uh, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna do something a little bit different. I'm just gonna tell my story. I'm gonna talk about, I had a thing, uh, like a talk called Depression and Light. Went through uh, some passages in Job. I talked about my battle with depression. And then I took an antidepressant on stage <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> and I did that because my wife has this really cool thing she always reminds me of uh, called the gift um, of going second. And it's giving people the gift of going second. It originally uh, comes from a guy named John Acuff, uh, who wrote it in one of his books. And he said, um, basically you admit all your junk and all your brokenness and all, you know, the disgust yes. in your life. And then you give somebody across from you the opportunity to drop their walls and be yes. like, Oh my gosh, that's I awesome. can like, amen. I can relate to this dude because he's not portraying an image that's unattainable. And my wife right. always reminds me about doing that. And I love it because the second I did that, I didn't do it for an applause. I didn't mm-hmm. do it so that people could be like, wow, how inspiring. And you know, a guy would cry yeah. in the back. Like, that's not why I did it. I just did it to be like, hey, before I talk about depression, anxiety, let me take my antidepressant in front of you guys to show you, man, I'm in this journey just as much as you are. And there are a few people that were like, amen, you know, but um, I did it because I was like, man, if I'm going to be authentic, I want to be really authentic, not just kind of authentic. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a kind of authenticity. It's like all or nothing. I mean, it really is. And so it was a cool opportunity. And uh, a lot of kids came up to me afterwards. A lot of adults were like, Hey man, I go to a church that, you know, antidepressants are, are frowned upon and we don't talk about it. And so, and, and me doing that, I even said, I said, this isn't saying that you have to take antidepressants. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right. If a counselor and a, and your pastoral guidance comes together. Cause I believe the two work together beautifully, not, you know, even separate, they can be kind of wishy-washy together beautifully. They work. Yeah. And if you guys feel, and you have a conviction from God and you feel like this is right for you, bro, take an antidepressant. Well, but I grew up totally. That's kind of yeah. what we were talking about before is you are respecting them enough to let them understand who you are and decide what yeah. they want to think and do. You don't have to manage it for them. Yeah, that's you respect them enough to do that. And I, I like the way you said John Acuff says going second. I always use the phrase clear out some elbow room. It's like going to the machete in the jungle or or when <laughs> yeah. you get a rebound. Like I'm going to say something a little obnoxious that's pr- pretty much true. And then everybody then there'll be some more breathing room for other people to to, right. to op- do something less than that in their community yeah. group next week because I was willing to be a little bit foolish. Yeah. 
or do something. So I really, really like that. And I think that's what you have to do if you want to let people decide stuff for themselves and tr- trust them and trust the Holy Spirit and trust God. With yeah. You just give information and truth, and then they can decide. It, it's really what they crazy, think. though, that this is the forefront. This is the head of the storm where it's like been building up forever, and people are going to see somebody like Jared and go, wait a minute, that, that guy's happy. <laughs> wait a minute, he's, he's telling people that? And Look, look at, I mean, he's working through stuff. Like he's working through stuff in front of people even, and people can work through stuff. That's what I think is so cool. Like you said, like, it's just really neat to see a little bit of that peace. And I mean, you still look cool as hell. Like you still do. (laughs) So it's not, that's what I'm saying. It was never the clothes or the look like, it's kind of funny now, even just thinking about it. Like there is like, there's, there's something on the inside now that, that is just changing in, inside of you, and it's really easy to see, and I think people are going to appreciate it more and more. And I think, honestly, man, it's going to be possibly even something. I, I do believe that a change is coming where we have to respect people's minds more and more, and we have to be real. It seems so crazy that the gospel is all about Jesus going, listen, I know you're screwed up. It's okay. Well, let's, let's just hang. And, and why, why would we hide that under yeah. some facade that doesn't even make you happy? It kills pastors. I mean, we had Perry Noble on the podcast, such yeah. an awesome speaker, awesome dude. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, just has a skill, a pastoral skill and preaching yeah. and all this stuff and just hidden, just well, completely no, yeah, hidden like, and falling that, apart. For example, on that one, we said, well, Perry, I, you specifically asked him in that, is, do you have struggles or something? He said, yeah, I do. It turns out he had alcohol that, yeah. struggles, but I he didn't. Love that. But he didn't yeah. say that on the podcast. Why, yeah. why would he? It would only hurt him. But if he could have, yeah. but he said he said some other struggle, right. which is probably yeah. true. Like he has some anxiety right. or, or something, probably something like that. But he, at the time we were talking to him, he must have had right. whatever alcohol problem he had. Had the opportunity to say it and explain it, chose not but to. It, but he well, could. And, and but so he could because I, of I would, the pressure. Anybody would. Right. Right. I mean, anybody and, and would that's on us too. We put. We have put that pressure on pastors and people in the public speaking world and stuff like that. It's just, it's interesting that it's going to be, I'm hoping that this is the start where you go, wait a minute, I got some things going on. I'm just going to tell you about it. And if, and and if you'll just let me, you'll see that it's going to be okay. That's so much more power. And I don't think there's any way other to live, man, especially as it pertains to being a Christian. I think the facade that we talked about, you know, some people might genuinely live this facade, but also be truly happy. I think it's very, I think it's rare that you can like portray this image and somehow you find joy in it. But then I always wonder, well, then is the, are you finding joy in what I would say is like a foundation on Christ? Are you finding joy in the things of this world? And for me, I'm like, man, I think if we all got really honest with ourselves, I spoke at a church once and it was, uh, it was, I don't know what the correct term is. It was a, it was a, there's a lot of facade going on. I'll say that. <laughs> a lot of facade. And my wife and I uh, had a follow-up call and he said, and I, I preached on brokenness, man. And these kids came up to me afterwards. No, and I don't say this to like, literally there's kids crying. And my wife and I were like, oh my gosh. And they're like, thank you so much for talking about that. You know, I'm struggling with this or, you know, I cut and I haven't told my mom or my family. And so all these kids were talking to my wife and I, and we're like, wow, that's awesome. Cause I like changed up my message at the last second. And I'm like, I'm going to talk about this story. I think I talked about the bleeding woman or, or something like that. And then I get on a, a follow-up call with people. Every time I speak somewhere, I do a follow-up call, just be like, Hey, how was it? Did I say anything that was crazy? Like that you made you not want to have me back? <laughs> like, is everything good? Um, and the guy said, Hey man, yeah, I listened to your message. And if we ever have you back next time, I would just want you to talk about more happy things. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Dude, yeah. and I told my wife, and she goes, what? I said, no. he wants me to, he said he wanted me to talk about more happy things. 
<laughs> and I'm like, dude, did you not just see literally a line of kids coming up to us and, and some girls crying and wrapping right. arms around each other saying, you know, I struggle with this or dude, my parents just split up or I just lost my dad or my dad's in prison, whatever it may be. I'm like, bro, if I would have just talked about, I don't know what, whatever, I don't know, like that wouldn't have happened. Like it can't always just, <laughs> it can't always just be the joy of the Lord because even in the Bible, it's not just about the joy of the Lord. There are so many other facets that right. bring everything together. He must have thought you accidentally, he might have accidentally got the listings messed up and thought he hired a Christian birthday party clown. Yeah. Yeah. And so if the kids are crying at the end, yeah, that's not so good. We don't want that. Yeah. We don't want them we, to cry. You know, to Toby talked about the people that seriously are like, oh my gosh, that that person can say that and it's okay. And, you know, kind of you leading by example, but let's not forget the huge demographic of people that have already built up such a tolerance and can sniff out the fakeness so easily. Mm -hmm. They've left the church a long yeah, time ago yeah. because, you know, and these are either people that are, are already unbelievers, but they're like, that has nothing that, I mean, there have been people that like, I, I'll never forget. There's a, a, like a good Friday service. And I invited a, a friend of mine and he sat there listening to, to people and everything was like this perfectly articulated everything. And it's just like good Friday. And he just, he told me, he's just like, yeah, some of the people that were up there, I just, I can't relate to it at all. Doesn't make any sense. And there's just like this, this fakeness. So you can smell it. A lot, of, a lot of people yeah. sniff it out, a lot of people, you know, especially young people, man. Like, like some of these, especially for like youth pastors and college pastors, like that's one of the things that breaks my heart is you've got kids who are coming in here. And I say kids, teenagers, young adults who are dealing with legit problems and legit issues. And we, we cater and we give them this little like fluffy version of whatever, I don't know what you call it. And they go home without answers and feeling like they can't share their brokenness with somebody. And mm -hmm. that sucks because that's why dude, then the kid next week is like, oh, so-and-so committed suicide. And it's like, what? But he was always so happy when he came to camp and came to these things. I'm like, yeah, but bro, you never gave him the chance to talk about the junk he was going through. That's all right. Because you, not because you said don't, but because you kind of portrayed this image yeah. that if yeah. you're feeling broken, you must not have enough faith. And maybe you never said oh, that, man, but that's yeah. the way it yeah, came Yeah, that's across. like the, the you know, kind of parent where the kid would never go to them with their problems. They're like, what? They could have come to me, but you would have screamed and yelled at them or spanked yeah. them. If they would have, you know, it's just, yeah. you didn't, of course you think they could come to you, but you projected something that they couldn't. Yeah, yeah I dude. think there is a real fear. What you just said is, is really, it, it, it hits me because you're right. There are people out there that are broken. And one thing that bothers me is when, the number one thing I notice a lot in sermons now is when pastors tell you the way to get better. Like, I love it when I hear just a person's story. Like, the Bible is all about stories, and you hear all the yeah. characters. You always hear the bad stuff about Peter. You always hear the, you know, you, you get to hear that in the gospel, in the Bible. And so why would you t sit there and say, this verse means this for you? No, just Th tell me about you. Three special steps. Right, and, and you're right. It's, it, it's very God. empty, and it's just based on emotion. Hey, that, yeah. Like that pastor, when he's telling you that, what he wants is somebody to go, oh, man, Jared came and spoke, and they said this, and now look at them. They're on fire for God. But, <laughs> but your own story resonates with so much more. Like for the last four years, you said things have been wrecking you and changing yeah. you. Like four years, not a one one message. Of course, no. there's some bright spots in one sermon or, one, or all that stuff, but I'm saying how much more important and valuable is it to go, wait a minute, this guy that just said that, he talked about himself and the stuff he's going through. 
and it's four years and he's still going through some of it. Wait a minute. Yeah, that, that means totally. I, maybe I don't have to be fixed tomorrow. And Jesus is just as strong. Yeah. He's just as strong if you're not fixed well, dude, tomorrow. Dude, yeah. I can, t- when, when I have a, uh, I have a lot of friends, uh, pastors of, of big churches, small churches. And, uh, I've been recently in contact with a lot of them because they'll, they'll reach out to me about, Hey, I'm addressing mental health or I'm addressing depression or anxiety like this Sunday. Can you walk through my sermon with me or whatever? I'm like, dude, Awesome. That, that's that's incredible. The, but the one thing that I can't stand is when pastors who have never been through brokenness or or trials or I don't know depression or anxiety, but instead uh, I can call in a second. Like if you've actually been through some brokenness by the way you are wording things and phrasing things, phrasing things in your sermon. I'm like, dude, that guy does not know what he's talking right. about with depression because you said this word or you said this statement that if you actually dealt with depression or dealt with some real brokenness in your life, man, you would have never just used yeah. that statement. Yeah. Well, so that that brings us kind of to your nonprofit, which is really interesting. So I'd, I'd love to hear more about that. Tell us, well, first of all, is that what you're doing now for, for your career yeah. is speaking and you're not at a church anymore? No. So my wife and I, we recently, about two years ago, stepped down from the church. Um, I just signed another book deal, which I'm pumped about. Um, and especially with me coming and kind of through this four-year journey, I have a whole new set of things I'm mm-hmm. excited to write about. And uh, so I said, cool, let's really pursue writing, anything, speaking. Anything on stepping down from the church, I think the listeners might go, wait, hang on a second there. Yeah. You, you got a sentence or two on that? Yeah, long story short, uh, the way that we just didn't see eye to eye, my wife didn't, with the way that the church handled the conversation with a certain group of people from the pulpit. And long story short, my wife and Tall I were people, con- right? Yeah, tall people, yeah. tall blonde people right. with uh, that wear hipster hats. It's been a big uh, issue lately. And so my wife and I basically said, you know, we had a blast um, here, you know, but we felt like our conviction was so strong that we packaged conversations in such a different way that we felt it was time for us to step down. Uh, we still, you know, uh, made sure not to at all hurt the bride of Christ. That's why you never saw anything public about it. I was not public about why I stepped down. Um, I still love those people, but it was just time for us to step down from a place that wasn't really the same uh, aroma that we were when it came to packaging certain conversations. So we stepped down and uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to write and speak full time. I got another uh, book deal, this time with Tyndale Nav Press, which I'm stoked about. Congrats. And my next book, my next book is actually, it's called Love is Oxygen. And it's about the whole first chapter starts with me saying I was sitting in my 1997 Toyota 4Runner uh, Googling painless ways to commit suicide. Wow. That's the first chapter, bro. And from there, it basically talks about my encounter with God, me understanding his love for me, me sitting there going, God, I don't want to feel like this anymore, me cursing at him, yelling at him. and then When him was yelling. that in your timeline when you were sitting uh, in your 4Runner? This would have been when I was 19, mm-hmm. you know, 19. And I just remember him yelling at me going, dude, I don't want you to feel like this way either. And I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) you know, like, you're right, you don't. And so that started this journey of me discovering the kind of the wonder of God's love and what that really means to love your neighbor and love people who maybe don't have the same beliefs as you. So that book kind of came out of my story of brokenness. And so the nonprofit uh, is called Anthem of Hope. And it's something my wife and I have talked about for a while. You know, my wife has a story. I have a story. And we felt like this was an incredible opportunity to equip Christians and the church with something that they're not really equipped with. The reality is that mental health, which I see you recently wrote a book that I think has something to do with this, mm-hmm. is still such a stigma. Like I, I posted an article 
uh, The Blaze actually took one of my articles and posted it on their site today about why churches should address mental health. And there was a comment from some guy on it that said, antidepressants are unbiblical. You just need to have more faith in God. And I'm like, bro, that's exactly, (laughs) you are exactly why I wrote that post. Because the church, for a lot of people, there's a stigma. Some people don't really know how to address the conversation. So we started the nonprofit to do a couple things. Number one, um, create curriculum and workbooks. And when I say that, I don't mean like, weird pamphlets you get at you know your doctor's office like (laughs) with stock photos from 1970s like none of that like real legit curriculum and workbooks that you can go through like with your buddy by yourself possibly like some dvd stuff not dvds what cassettes where are we going now um you know and some e-courses whatever it may be and then give the church an opportunity to partner with us where if they partner with us do we give them all the curriculum they need so if anyone comes in and says Hey man, I've been thinking about suicide. I got, you know, I'm depressed. My, my daughter's cutting instead of saying, cool, go to celebrate recovery. They actually have an opportunity to have a separate ministry that is dedicated solely for mental health. And then we launched a 24 seven chat line uh, for anyone who uh, it's not necessarily, I don't like calling it a crisis chat line, but it's anyone who wants to talk about anything. I mean, their parents just split up. Um, they're, debating committing suicide they're depressed they've got severe anxiety they can go on and chat with a hope coach that equips them gives them an opportunity to say hey we still mm-hmm. direct you to go meet with a counselor this isn't re- you know replace counseling and we encourage you to get involved in a local church do you know those uh those bots that they made and they just uh, microsoft had one recently and it got hijacked and we used to talk to smarter child on aim that would be oh, pretty yeah. good for a suicide 24-hour hotline, right? If the it, AI can get just a little bit better, we might could have online counselors that are artificial intelligence, right? <laughs> We're not quite well. there yet. But that would <laughs> But that's to be clear, that's I not think what that yours is, right? right. I'm just kidding. But here's what you said that I like is you did something that's for the church that you clearly articulated, but it's yeah. not the church. It's not a church. But no. it's for the church. I like that. I think there needs to be more people doing stuff for the church that is not the church. Yeah. Right. Like, how far are you into the process to where church, like, are churches invested in it yet? Like, have you have you gotten to that point, or is it so, still in the makings? So I just got the paper. So this officially launched a month ago with just a website. So I launched the website, filed the nonprofit paperwork, got the trademark, uh, got all the social handles, the domain name, and then um, wrote it. A blog post called um, what I don't know what I call it. God uses broken people or something like that, and it just blew up, dude. It had like ten thousand shares, and I'm like, wait a minute, like, right on. like, babe, we're onto something. You know, this is like things are just coming together. Then I had an organization reach out to me. It says, hey, we see that you're launching this thing, man. I want to provide people twenty four seven around the clock that we've trained through QPR training and some other trainings for suicide prevention that we will give to you that you can use for your live chat 24 seven. And that was like my year end goal, bro. A year out, I wanted to have a 24 live chat option. And it wow. happened within That's two awesome. weeks. I, we, we always talk about that. Like uh, people send us emails all the time, but what, you know, I, I, you know, you can't get to them all. And sometimes they're yeah. t- time sensitive is what's happening today. It would be nice. And, and we'll definitely pass that along and everything. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that there is a 24 hour place that some something that's legit or we could trust yeah. would be great. We'll, we'll just yeah. send people that direction. Yeah, definitely. And then we got the paperwork today, so we're officially formed as a chapter nonprofit. I'll file in the 501c3 now, but 
Um, now our goal is my goal is I want to raise a hundred grand for the first year and I want to create workbooks. I want to, I want to have a 24 seven app that people can download, which would probably be a demographic catered more towards younger people, Mm -hmm. uh, teenagers. And I'll probably market it towards that. Um, but then on top of that, that'll create the workbooks that we can then donate to churches. I want to go to audio feed and I want to go to, you know, warp tour, have a tent and just, just kind of, you know, be, be a light where it's needed and, um, and create resources for people that they can either just buy, you know, person online, or it can be a church that says, Hey, we want to have an Anthem of Hope ministry at our church, dude, we want to wholesale, you know, 4,000 workbooks. And basically we would just give them to them at what it costed us. We wouldn't profit anything. We just say, here you go. Um, go through the curriculum, you know, but do it in your own way. Dude, that's, that's so interesting because our, our church, you see, uh, the church that I pastor at, I mean, yeah, well over 10,000 attenders and they are trying to figure out the mental health, yeah. uh, yeah. subject of helping people because like, let's just face it. Uh, I, I can help people with mental health just from an experiential standpoint, but really the only people that can truly help people that have mental health and, and like getting them to the right place are people that are studied in psychology. And and we have yeah. like one out of the 10,000 people, we have one pastor who's extremely studied, who's, uh, you know, did all, you know, has got his master's and everything. And it's just like, how do you help so many people with so many unqualified pastors when it comes yeah. to mental health? And so what you're on to is huge for a church like us. It's just like we can point to a resource and be like, "Whoa!" So we can yeah. use this and 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 help people. That's, well, that's churches really cool, tend man. not to do that, though. Joey's the problem, and I hope your church and other churches will do stuff like this. I'm not right. necessarily well, saying cool this thing, one, but churches have the, a problem, though. Don't you find Jared that they want to take stuff and make it proprietary or in how? Yeah, yeah right. That's the problem. But Sometimes. the cool thing about the way God has kind of used my story is I come from being on staff at churches. So I'm not, I have like an inside to where, hey man, I've been on church staffs all my life. So I've taken a step out now and I'm creating this for the church rather than me being a guy who's just a dude going, hey, this is for the church. And yeah. then people are going, bro, what do you know about being on staff at a church? Like, what do you know about the day-to-day that goes on here? And so I kind of have a different perspective of what that looks like. You know, the reality is, is that you've got guys like, um, I forgot his name from Heart Support. Jake Lurs. Yeah, you got Jake. Jake He's, and Ben. They're doing awesome things for this in the music scene, bro. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. That's not, and that's not my lane. So I'm not even going to touch that. You've got Rick Warren, who, because of what happened, the tragedy happened to his son, has said, hey, this needs to happen. So we need to create things for our church and other churches if they want to use it. Um, but then other than that, man, I mean, you've got some other organizations that aren't religious organizations that are more just awareness. And so no one is really owning, hey, we'll own mental health as it pertains to the church. And I'm okay, like I said, with creating my gravestone and being, you know, dad, husband, I speak, I write, and then I created this nonprofit that can just help people. And then when I'm gone, someone else can keep running it. Um, Like, that's my heart is I just, I want to be, I want to create resources that can help someone and give someone information, the information I didn't have when I was 19 and didn't know what to do in my life and, and went to a church and they just said, pray harder or get involved with a small group. I want to create a different opportunity for the kid like me when I was 19, where he can walk into a church or be on Facebook or Instagram and see an ad that we boosted and go, wait a minute, I can like download this workbook and then find a local church in my area that's going through it together yeah. as a or group. Most, like, most, more importantly, oh, other people feel this too? Yes. That's step one. Exactly. Right. 
And you have to leave it at yeah. step one. You can't jump. You got to start with step one and well, maybe sit there a while. Once again, this is is exactly what we were talking about earlier. It's just like the it's how it's going to go. And and one thing that you said, Jared, I think is really true. I think the youth, young people, younger than me, like we had, you know, teens and early twenties and, and it, it, all the way up even to maybe thirties are just are seeing the world in a different way, and they are realizing. Yeah the the that facade They're, they see the facade so much more quickly than anybody else did like it was really easy for me to go wait a minute cool lights wait a minute they, they got a playground and coffee yeah. okay like but now people go wait a minute what are you what are you doing i mean i i came here for some real truth and something real i want to experience something real and and what they're going to see is like you're saying that it's going to be more like you like you just said like maybe the church is moving maybe hopefully this innovation is going to create things where things will be more uh, uh I guess accessible and and people will be able to innovate. That's what the church should be creating people to actually go out. That's what the church has always said. We want to create, you know, missional disciples that go out into the world. But the truth is the church kind of got a hiccup and all they really want to do is keep people in those walls. Yeah, come, or come or back next week. Sometimes the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come back next week. Hey, you really need it. Uh yeah, come back here, pay the tithes. Let's just stay together as a group. As this guy's to, got a ministry. Let's let yeah. me take that. And bring yeah, and, it let, over here. and I'll keep it over here. And this yeah. now this is a part of our youth ministry. But, it's got the, our stamp but the truth on is it. how much more valuable is it to to create something like an app? or to create something like a group or an online community or to go to these places and do things that isn't proprietary to a certain church or a certain congregation so that it is valuable and people can see that. Like, I th- I'm really hoping that that's what's going to happen. People are going to go, wait, we got we to gotta be more innovative. People aren't buying into the same old, you know, light yeah. show, and it'll be better. Yeah. And what's cool is I've got guys who have texted me that are from Presbyterian churches, from non-denom churches, from Southern Baptist churches, from... Church of Christ churches that are like, hey, bro, when you get this thing launched and you've got some tangible stuff that we can start giving people, dude, let me know, like, we're in. And so, you know, it's anthemofhope.org. Um, and we have this crazy goal, like I said, of raising 100 grand to see what happens. And we're just like, all right, you know, let's let's make it happen. Let's see, let's see what, what this is going to do. I spoke yeah. two weeks ago in um, Ocean City, New Jersey, which if you've never been there, Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's like this little island that is like 12 miles long and only houses like 12,000 people. But then during the summer, like 250 to 300 come in and out. So I spoke at this church, a really traditional church, and I didn't mean to bring it up, but the lady who introduced me, her name was Paula. She said, yeah, and he and his wife are trying to start this nonprofit called Anthem of Hope, and you just need to pray for them. And she was so sweet. And so at the end of my my message, I, I talked about it. I said, yeah, just be praying for us. I wasn't even like, I wasn't like promoting it or pushing it. It was just like, hey, Paula brought this up. Like, yeah, we have this crazy idea to start this nonprofit. We want to raise this crazy amount. Like, be praying for us. Thanks for having me. It was a blessing. So I get out and I go and like greet people as they're leaving. And literally, man, this old guy comes up to me and uh, has his little cane and he gives me a handshake. He says, Hey brother. He said, I hope this helps you on your gold, a hundred grand. And it was a hundred dollar bill. And I was just like, that's awesome. Dude, like that is what is going to build like these nonprofits and these organizations that are going to help build the church. And then another guy behind him goes here, brother, and writes me a check for an amount. And then another person. And you know, it was about four or five people in a row. And it was just like, People see a need for this, and yeah. they want someone to spearhead it. And there are guys, like I said, like Rick Warren, who is, dude, I love that guy's heart for helping broken people. Um, but I want to I wanna be um, a person who's also trying to do it and reaching out to a younger generation. 
And uh, I'm all for it. I want to go for it. Well, good luck That's to awesome. you. I think it's a great idea. It's interesting yeah. to hear all the stuff that has happened yeah. to you in the last year or two. It's, it's great. been crazy. Great to catch up and, <laughs> yeah. and see you at Audio Feed, too. I'm, uh, no, definitely. Yeah. We, we got to get you and Joey together. You, you you hit on it, but Joey just wrote a book called Fundamentalist, and it yeah. talks about his depression and all the stuff. I mean, look at him now. He's mad. He's pissed off about something right now. <laughs> He's so pissed my, off. He but, didn't think of the idea. My sickness will for the <laughs> website. For uh, my right. sickness will my sickness will put you to shame, man. It's so <laughs> much worse than yours. His book. <laughs> if you want to talk about honest, his book is the most gruesomely honest book in the history of the world. So anyway, <laughs> it's been awesome, Jared. Thank you for coming back on, man. It's it's really good to hear your story, and it's encouraging to me. Honestly, just seeing people go, wait a minute, let me figure out who I am and who I am in Christ yeah. and what that actually means. That's just it's just so refreshing to not to see peace and I, I mean, and honestly here's the thing too it has it's not easy i just quit working at a church too that it's scary churches you you like the people you work with you and you, you know it's fun there's security there's a health plan there's all this stuff and just to 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 really step out and go okay well here it goes lord yeah you i, I said i believe you so i'm gonna trust and i'll just see so i i, I am I guess proud of you for that, man, that you would just take that leap and trust and see what God's doing. It sounds like he's doing amazing stuff. I was just going to say we're really happy that Toby talked shit about you, man. Yeah. Because we would have never Mixing started this up. friendship. He does it. Yeah. The it Lord up. used me. He he used the women to lie, you know, back in the in the Old Testament, you know, no, in the whorehouse, and he uses me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared, thank you again for having us on this Facebook channel. And if you're just joining yes. us, if you've seen us today, you know who we are. Matt, Toby, and Joey's The Bad Christian Podcast. You can find us. Just search for us on YouTube or iTunes. But thanks again, Jared. I'm going to drop you off thanks, here, guys. and we're going to continue. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, appreciate dude. it. Peace. All right, Jared Wilson. Good stuff. Um, Joey, I, I had a quick question. Jared, when we were talking to him, it, it's interesting. Have you ever experienced because we've never talked about this dealing with your depression have you ever experienced people saying you need more faith like questioning your use of the uh like drugs or, or medication to handle your depression if they say that you just need more faith uh yes one time in college there's a guy named toby morell that said that those sorts of <laughs> things to me so. but other than that no <laughs> <laughs> i never said that <laughs> no i I guess I had once I once I realized that I had depression and I was started to take medication and stuff. I was kind of removed from church circuits. That was when I was hanging out with you guys, and none of us went to church really. Right uh, on, <laughs> hell yeah, Joey. <laughs> so, so and and then when I first when when I started going regularly to a church, it was a church like Seacoast that wasn't full of those sorts of fundamentalists that you know taught those sorts of things so I, I think one thing too is just like we were talking earlier like with understanding creativity and art and comedy and music and all that stuff i think for the longest time nobody talked about it or knew anything so you know it didn't make sense you know what i mean like i, I can remember the first time uh hearing about depression and it showed a lady who looked sad and they said she couldn't get out of bed and they said depression was real and i was like what in the it, it like my brain couldn't even comprehend what that meant yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like from my, from my parents teaching me and, and all this stuff, I just thought my, my first thought was they're lazy. Why, yeah. why, mm -hmm. what do you mean? You can't get out of bed and go to work. What does that mean? Yeah. No one had ever told me that. And now what's really crazy is my family members deal with it. Like yeah. I'm seeing Tope, it now. Toby, yeah, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe this. There's a, there's a dude at our church and you know, this person and he came into my office and it was just a completely different person, completely different look in his eyes, completely different voice, weird mannerisms. And he's telling me about his depression. 
And uh, this really sucks for me because I, I, I tried to help him give him counsel. Yeah. I find out that he went home and uh, basically called his spouse and said, I'm, I'm really feeling suicidal. I need to go to a hospital. So I was like, wow, my counseling didn't do shit for this guy. But, <laughs> oh, but I mean, it's like you're looking at depression. And, and right. I mean, y'all, y'all have said that about me. I'm not telling you something yeah. that you don't know. But I mean, it is, it is, it is something that people have and they're experiencing. So. Well, the way we're going to deal with it in the future, we're just going to be way more aware and understanding of it on, on both sides. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that it just is the way it's going to be. But anyway, all, all right, right, Toby, let's do. Uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to do news in a minute. But first yeah. of all, let's try and get on here. We got a BC club member, so I want to do this first. All right, all right, John Richards on the call. John's in the BC club, and I just added him to our Skype call. And I got to tell y'all something, uh, John. I want your comment on this, but your Skype name is in God we must. Ah, yes, yeah, baby. <laughs> Love it. So you're going to have to elaborate on that. I'm going to guess it was when you were 16 and on fire for God and thought everything you did needs to message and herald his glory. Is that how you got the Skype name? No, not at all. That's actually my business name. Okay. Nice. Tell us about it. my business. Yeah. So I, I make rings out of coins, uh-huh. like coin jewelry. Oh, okay. Sweet. I'm to sell apparel and stuff. So it's a play off of In God We Trust. Oh. That's pretty cool. That's pretty so it's cool. in God we must, and you make that's the name you're coming. You make rings, metal stuff. Yeah, yeah so it's like uh, they're coin rings. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard to explain, uh, but pretty much it's like uh, you punch a hole in a coin and then fold it over into a ring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever seen it or not, but if you wanted to check it out, it's, you just Google search "In God We Must" and we'll pop in, up. In God We Must. Well, hey man, thanks for joining us. We will get that out, brother. So, and, how long uh, you been appreciate- in the BC Club, John? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to ask. Uh, probably like three or four months. Tell us about your experience with it so far, with the people and the group and everything. Yeah. What? Hey, what was your journey to get here in the first place? We want to know your journey. Okay. Uh, well, you guys know Zach Reiner. Uh, Joey, I don't know if you know him or not uh, from Senpai Ravens. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's, yep. he's one of my good buddies, him and okay. JJ and Andy and all them. And they actually told me about you guys. So started listening to it. And Are you a South Carolina boy? I lived in Florence for two years and I played at New Spring uh, over with Zach yeah. at the Myrtle yeah. Beach campus. Yeah. But uh, I'm Atlanta. Moved from Atlanta up there for a couple of years and then move back nice that's a really good word of mouth deal for us because you went from being somebody that didn't know about us until somebody that we know personally not from any advertising we did or seo rankings or anything like that a person we know zach reiner personally recommended it to you and then i would wager to say but at this point you became a bigger fan than he ever was because he his ass sitting in the all in club and you are yeah, yeah. So really nah, good. Man, he he talks mad shit about all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he gets a he gets a commission for this. It's like those other things. Anybody that that gets a buddy to sign up, we they get a re- reference twenty bucks. We had to kick the twenty out. bucks. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. cool. They'll probably just take a case of beer, man. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. So most people get turned off by our language and by the way we're on the edge of Christianity. Is is that where you fall in line? What what made you come? I'm on on board here i don't know man y'all are just real i guess um kind of line up with a lot of my frustrations and uh agree on a lot of things and not necessarily all bad things you guys talk about good things too but we want to give you a chance to be real when is the last time you whacked off <laughs> <laughs> he's just joking okay i 
Joey, when's the last time you liked golf? You said you liked it when it was real, John. I mean, Joey did give you the opportunity <laughs> to keep it real. I'm trying to tell y'all, but y'all won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, well, I got married uh, April 30th of this year. Yeah. Zach Reiner was actually supposed to marry me, but he had two little babies. But yeah. uh, right before then, I got a girl now, so I don't have to do that. Oh, sweet. Nice. sweet. Yeah, man. I, so just right I before you went. Okay. I have definitely masturbated since I've been married, for sure. Me Even during, you've masturbated in the last hour, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, man. Goodness. Well, goodness. what? Okay, how about this? Let's ask an easier question. So, we wrote down, I wrote down a list of giant questions that I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Did you yeah. get, did you get it sent to you? I got the email. Yeah. All right. So, we won't talk about masturbation, but what age were you when you lost your virginity? 17. Wow. Yeah. What, what age were y'all, Matt? <laughs> I mean, we get into the whole definition of virginity thing. So by one measure, you could say 17. Pe- penis you know. into vagina until ejaculation. All the way in. 25. Yeah, 25. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was what 20. What were you doing? I was 28. Yeah, I believe I was 28 or 29. Now, I did other stuff before then. Uh, unbelievable amount. So, yeah. This Lots of just horrific, evil, sinful, god-awful stuff. qualifies, too. Yeah. It, that might send me. Might not send me. me. I, I did not know sexual pleasure until 25. I did not even know what it was like. My All right, moving on from the sexual stuff. Okay, John, do you, do you have a a favorite like quote or a book that you would recommend to us or our listeners? No, not really. Okay, cool. <laughs> Next I question. Have, so, hey, hey, and God, and God, we must, dumbasses. Yep. Of course, that's his quote. This one. This is the last question, and it's a three parter. All right, and you have to an- answer this. Right. One of one of these things will happen, and you have so no matter what, one of these things will happen. So pick one, or they will all happen. So number one, your parents catch you masturbating. Number two, you, you fart extremely loud at a very quiet funeral. Or number three, your brain mal- malfunctions, and the word "the" has been replaced with the word "vagina." So every time you try to say <laughs> "the," it comes out "vagina." Example: I pledge allegiance to vagina flag of vagina. <laughs> United States of America. Which one do you choose? Uh, third you one. Third one okay. for sure. Yeah. Brain brain malfunction and you go you have to say vagina. All right. Awesome. Yeah, man. Cool. That'd vagina. be a pretty awesome little, little thing. All right, John. We really do appreciate very much being part of the BC Club. And I hope you enjoy the Facebook group and all the other people on there and participate there. So uh Again, we can't make the whole podcast about you because we just can't do it. We're over time as it is, but we appreciate it. We are going to get you back on so you can share your testimony. But All right. I, I appreciate it, Joey. Thanks, Thanks John. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks for joining us, John. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Later. All right. Cool dude. Now, is it okay. not? I, I'd love to know the legal ramifications of punching holes through and selling it. Is that, Ooh. can you do that? I, I don't want to someone you could ask. <laughs> hey, I don't want to get in trouble with our last, our last BC club all, all in member sent us some, uh, uh, whatchamacallit bitters, for our drinks. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Bitters, it's interesting. I wonder went, how much trouble. That's why I know the economy's good. Cause everybody I know just makes something that they feel like it. doing and has makes a living <laughs> awesome. doing it. That, you know He's what I mean? Great. Like that's every, is that all of He's our, He's got a uh, skill and a talent. I love it. Toby. That's, that's one person we do not want to get in trouble. So. Yeah, I know. He's the so it's not he he does it with foreign money. <laughs> no, it's Confederate money. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of the government and the and just how crazy stuff. I need to I, let me give you all a little bit of truth. Matt, kick the music. In a world where the world needs your truth more than it ever has in the history of the world. My name is Toby Morrell. This is the damn, damn news. news. 
All right, what you got? Joey, I got a little bit of a, a historical one here, and I think you're going to like it. You're kind of a look. Hey, you know what? I just I just read a book on Abraham assassination. It was very good. Now I'm writing well, a book on the rise and fall of slavery in the New World. Wow. Well, this one is actually about assassination or attempted assassination. This comes from Fox News. A judge grants John Hinckley Jr. his freedom decades after the Reagan assassination attempt. Wow. Hey, that, that attempt is really neat to watch on camera. Yeah. It really is cool to see just how fast those Secret Service agents acted. Well, it was really crazy, too. Um, I didn't realize that the bullet that hit um, Reagan actually bounced off the car. It bounced off the special limo or whatever. It bounced off and hit him. But uh, the man who tried to kill President Ronald Reagan is set to go free after a judge decided Wednesday to allow, and this is a, maybe a, little, a couple weeks old, to allow a would-be assassin, John Hinckley Jr., to live with his mother in Virginia full-time. Hinckley is set to begin his convalescent leave on August 5th, according to the U.S. District Judge Paul Friedman's order. Friedman wrote that all of the experts and treatment providers who testified during the hearing agreed that Hinckley's issues, major depression and psychotic disorder, <laughs> were, in, were in full and sustained remission and have been for more than 20 you years. You can get away with anything. <laughs> Mr. Hinckley is clinically ready for full-time convalescent leave. Hinckley is 61, who is 61, attempted to kill Reagan outside of the Washington Hilton Hotel on March 30th, 1981. He fired six shots, hitting four people, including Reagan, who was wounded when a bullet bounced off his presidential limo. Press Secretary James Brady was shot in the right side of his head, sustaining mm -hmm. serious injuries. Now, this is what's crazy. James Brady died August 2014, and they ruled it still as a homicide because it was from complications no from getting yeah. Dang. So he, he died. get charged yeah. with the homicide? I guess he was. They ruled it as a homicide, but I mean that was Weird. in that was in 1981, and he died in 2014. And they said it was complications from getting shot in the head. Weird. Well, the Brady bills that the first gun bill or one of those gun bills was named the Brady bill when they first started trying to ban. Yeah. I mean, he was like, it's kind of crazy stuff. because he was 73 years old, but maybe they were just doing that. I don't know. That's kind of wild. But anyway, do y'all, what do y'all think about that? Like letting somebody, do y'all, do y'all have a, a natural inclination to go, well, he served 20 years. He's probably okay. He's not the same I'll guy. I'll tell or, you or what my natural fear? inclination is with everybody who ever has been found guilty or goes to jail. I feel bad for every single one of them. I never, ever want anybody to go to jail. I yeah. know that goes against justice, and I understand. I mean, you can, <laughs> but you don't come care up. if people go to hell. No, no. <laughs> well, I assume that that stuff is justice. I don't assume that the criminal justice system is is the difference. But, and I know you could come up with an example of something. Well, clearly, this guy needs to go to jail. He's a child molester. He's a, sure, you can come up with stuff, and it's probably better that they're in jail. But my reaction every time I hear somebody's going to jail is I feel bad. I always yeah. like. I wish he just could learn his lesson and not have to go. That's the way I always feel. I yeah. do too. I, I'm I'm there as well. It makes me all and having been to jail, I spent two two days in jail. I it is just horrific. I just yeah, it, it doesn't just, seem no right. good. There's a lot yeah. of the lot of philosophical but, questions it brings up. It, but and do you want to live beside that like, guy? Do you want to live no, beside John? <laughs> no, I, and I do. I think there's other stuff where people should just be removed from society or killed. I mean, like if an yeah. unrehabilitatable child molester that's trying to uh, commit crimes and hasn't even been able to pull one off with yeah i think maybe they just put a bullet in that guy's brain like it's not 
I'm just saying from a practical yeah. standpoint, it seems like going to jail is always bad, doesn't serve the person, doesn't rehabilitate yeah. them. It's sad for me. It's sad for them. It doesn't bring back or uncommit yeah. the crime they committed. It just doesn't feel good to me all the way around. That's not well thought out. I don't really right. think they should open all the prisons or anything, but that's just well. So you you, think are you in favor of capital punishment? Like when you hear of someone going to jail well, for I just life, told you, you a child molester that hasn't even done it yet could get a bullet in his brain. If that <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't know if that was figurative or not. <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't care if they went to an island. It's not, pu- what I'm saying is punitive to me. Never, I don't yeah. ever like anything to be punitive. If it's corrective, good. Let's come up right. with something really good and corrective. If it's rehabilitation, great. If it's separation and remove them so that they can't do this, fine. That's what we got. It's all practicality in my right. book. I'm only looking for the utilitarian solution and the, yeah. you know, penal system is, doesn't seem very utilitarian to me. Seems like yeah. it costs a lot, doesn't work, causes more problems, bad. All right, I got one more here for you guys, and um, I think this one's pretty interesting, too. It's also from Fox News, but a newfound asteroid just buzzed harmlessly by Earth. <laughs> Dang. An, an asteroid gave Earth a close shave on August 28th, just a day after astronomers first spotted the object. Only one day. They didn't see it until the day b- <laughs> one day before. Oh, gosh. The newfound asteroid 2016 QA2 zoomed within 50,000 miles or so of of the planet. For perspective, the moon orbits Earth at an average distance of about 239,000 miles. Dang. Astronomers think that uh, the the QA2 is between 80 and 180 feet wide. That means the space rock is slightly bigger than the object that exploded over Russia at the Russian city of Chelyabinsk. Nailed it. In February 2013, injuring more than 1,200 people. That asteroid was probably 65 uh, feet or so in diameter when it when it hit Earth's atmosphere, scientists have said. Um, the object exploded high above the ground, generating a powerful shock wave that shattered thousands of windows. The injuries, none of which were fatal, were cuts caused by the flying glass. Um, so basically, I, I'm just shocked that they didn't see something coming. It seems like there's got to be so many people looking in the sky, but I guess it's so... it's That's relatively small and moving super fast. Right. Yeah. So it's not that easy to detect. I mean, or, I you know, You're not going to catch it, it just but... looking in a telescope, you know, like on accident. So I don't know. I mean, that's yep. crazy. This whole thing could just end any minute like that. I know. Yeah. Not, not that that one would have yeah. done anything that crazy, but it would be bad. But And it, one that size would have mostly burnt up, I think. It reduced in size a lot before it got there. It might blow up like that other one did. But So if there's a real big one, like, uh, you know, 50 miles long, they pro- there's a better chance of seeing oh, it because yeah. it's just bigger, right? right? Yeah. But, I mean, th- th- like, it's, it's crazy, like, deep impact. Like, I mean, what would you do? Like, it, oh, if we saw an so asteroid good. headed here and they said, mm-hmm. in three years, this thing is going to hit us and it's going to be a, a continent killer. I mean, I don't know what well, I don't know what we do. It's definitely in the realm of possibility, and you would say it another way. Given enough time, it's it's like it's a likelihood, right? It, you're talking about thousands of years or millions of years, whatever it is, right? It's a likelihood that one would be big enough to be as catastrophic that to, is as insane. the dinosaur extinction, or 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 worse. There's nothing stopping one from being the size of the moon from from hitting us. You know, what would Christians say? Like, no matter what, if just like, okay, it's going to hit us no matter what, and then at the last second, just there was a wrong calculation and it missed us by one mile. The Christians just go, <laughs> "Told you, told you, scientists." Well, how about the opposite you, you of that? Think one? You know everything. We prayed hey. and it it didn't hit us. Hey, what, well, what about the What about the flip of that? If it goes out, like, look, this thing's gonna be really close, but don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do y'all do y'all think this was God ordained or not? I was in Haiti. We're all sitting out on this porch. It's about 
you know, midnight and a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, he, he basically says, man, I wish we had some light out here. It's too dark. The lights came on out in the garage where we were like the lights came on right when he said that i was like dude you should you should ask for something else man looks like you're on a roll he said i want to see a shooting star i promise you shooting star in the sky it was unbelievable we were like oh my gosh ask for another shooting star he said nope i ain't i'm not gonna mess that one up he said i'm two for two do y'all think i mean what's the chances of him saying i want lights to turn on they turn on and we don't know where it came from. Then he asked for a shooting star, and that happens. I mean, don't y'all think God's playing with us? It's possible. I think it's a huge possibility. Yeah, I, I, it's amazing. I think that was definitely God. That's what God spends, spends his time on. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he could have helped he was the people of Haiti. Some of the other stuff he could have helped just... the poor people of Haiti. Instead, he helped the, the white guy there get some extra life. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, good God. Praise you, God. Thank you for that. <laughs> and then hey. a shooting star. Wow. Hey, he, was I mean, helping, they... he was helping the Haitian kids at the same time, dummy. He's God. Okay. Your next story. I guess you're right. Next story. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. All right. Well, the unfortunate people that brought this episode. Well, I don't know. I, I'm going to say... I'm gonna, what what goes through your head when you like do your talk. scream scream black and white and go halfway down knowing that this is going to be on YouTube? Y- y'all said that we were off. We're not live. I said. Oh, this is going mean, to be on. <laughs> I thought we were. What, t- what level? I just didn't know. Uh, I uh, thought we were done. Done. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mess yeah. things up. Well, anyway, this episode is brought to you by. It's just, it's just shocking. Pa- Parker Powell, Elijah Schumacher, Isaac. Ferretis, Jen and Justin Cox, <laughs> Cox, Tim Whitaker, Austin Farmer, Jonathan Grimo, Peter Martson, Kyle Smith, and last but not least, Spencer Cocaine. So like a cock, awesome, but cocaine. Very good. Now, thank you guys, BC Club. Yeah. Uh, here's something else. You. If you're in the BC Club, you'll be getting Joey's book, which I want to say a minute about. Get it. It's called Fundamentalist. You can go to fundamentalistpastor.com. Yep. You can pre-order. The pre-order is going super well, Joey. The uh, the average, uh, I'll tell you a couple statistics on it, is it's making hundreds of dollars every single day, and the average purchase price of the bundles there is about $17. $17. So that means wow. people aren't getting the cheapest thing. They're getting the, the paperback, you know, the hard copy or the audio book that Toby's going to read. Great stuff there, but people in the BC Club, you're going to get a copy of it, or I think almost all of them are going to get a copy of it. At, cool. At whatever level you're at, you'll be getting a copy of that real soon. So we're sending out some chapters and sample chapters, and we'll keep you updated as we go. But that's going really well. Uh, again, check out Toby's podcast at uh, unstoppablebadass.com, and Break It Down podcast is back. So check that out. Resubscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube. And last thing, Toby. Uh, there actually is no unstoppablebadass.com yet. Oh. Well, <laughs> just check us out on Bad Christian. Find, or, it. Yeah. Yeah. find me on Facebook, The Unstoppable You, can, you have that domain, don't you? You can just make it forward yeah. to the page you want it to. It'll take you five minutes. Okay, yeah, I own the domain. Hey, real, okay, so let's get unstoppablebadass.com to work, and we'll be okay. And, Go ahead, yeah. And real, real quick, Pastor With No Answers, latest episode, we talk about something we've never talked about before. Uh, we had Preston Sprinkle on to talk about the church. Wow, yep. that is really new topic, amazing. new territory. Yeah, well, timely. I'm going to do our sign off. Thank you guys. As a fellow servant in Christ's army, I proclaim that we will take the lands and get Christ's crown upon the seated throne of Him who reigns forever. 
You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.